1: What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bit This Yours Judy Adri Selva. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India RE. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What
2: flavor are you, baby?
3: This is Cafe Mocha. Songstress Mesa is our guest plus for all the successful single ladies wondering why their money, their jobs, their ambition and drive hasn't landed them a man yet. I guess says it's not him. It's you. We're going to have some fun with the author of Dear Alpha Female. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Angelique and Lonnie love summer season means movie time. Air conditioned movies and popcorn. Aren't you glad to be able to go to the movies again, Lonnie? Oh, my gosh.
2: You know, um, shout out to uh, Holly. I don't know why I'm going to call her Haley. Holly Bailey, um, Little Mermaid Open. Um, it did wonderful domestically. Um, overseas is doing okay. I was a little disappointed, Angelique in, in China. There, there's been a lot of controversy with you know the casting. and it has nothing to do with Hallie herself. It's just that people need to grow up and they need to understand that, you know, we did this with the Wiz. Like we had the Wizard of Oz. And then we made the whiz and, you know, you can make things different and um, it should be positive. So um, but with that said, she's doing great. The movie is doing great and it's a great movie. So please go and continue to watch The Little Mermaid. Also, uh, Spidey, uh, the Spider-Man movie, Spider-Verse,
3: Spider-verse.
2: is uh, has has opened and it it did great. Yeah. Wonderful but we also have a lot of like thrilling movies that are are here for the summer. Um, there's a comedy romance called The Perfect Find that'll be um, coming out. Um, and it stars Lala Anthony and Gabrielle Union, uh, a 40 year old woman with everything on the line. And she risked it all for a secret romance. That sounds like something that I like. So if you like rom-coms and and comedy, you know, the perfect find is something that you would be interested in. Who's the perfect
3: romance with? Who's the little secret romance with? Who's the man in
2: there? Well, see, that's why you got to go and see it. Look at it. Okay. Yeah, you got to go see it. But there's some wonderful women in it. You got Gina Torres. You have Janet Hubert. Okay. Um, um, Aisha. Hines. Viv. Yep. Yep. You got that. So they, they didn't gave on Viv a job. So it's called the perfect fine. Up next we have a comedy horror movie called the blackening. This has been something that's been, <laughs> that's coming out. Um, and it's about a group of black friends reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. (laughs) And it stars a Grace Byers. You remember Grace Byers? That's, uh, uh, what did she was in, um, uh, Empire? Uh, she was boo boo kitty. That's who she was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, my my man Sinqua Walls is in okay. it. Um, I love Senqua Walls, Dwayne Perkins, Yvonne Orgy, Jermaine Fowler, all my friends. So it's called The Blackening, and that's a comedy horror movie. Wait, down um, the
3: woods, because you know that ain't realistic. Uh,
2: well, you know, they, they gotta do what they gotta do. <laughs> um Black uh there's another movie coming out called Surrounded. It's a drama western starring Letitia Wright. That's Black Panther girl. Yeah, Letitia Wright and Michael Kenneth Williams. After her stagecoach is ambushed, a woman is tasked with holding a dangerous outlaw captive and must Ooh. survive the day when the bandits' gangs try to free him. So that is it's a... It's a western. It's a western. Hey, we doing a all. We doing, right. all. We doing it like all. That. He's a black summer movie um we have they clone tyrone coming oh, out in july um <laughs> uh mm-hmm. j alphonse nicholson that he plays in p valley okay um as uh murder um and jamie fox is in it uh jason louder john bordega from um you know star the wars. star wars and they clone Tyrone is a, a movie about a trio that investigates a series of eerie events, alerting them to a nefarious conspiracy lurking directly beneath their hood. So that is a it's a comedy mystery science fiction. So that's what it is. So that we got all kind of movies. We got superhero movies. The Marvels is coming out. At the end of July, that's an action science fiction superhero movie with Samuel L. Jackson, um, Tiana Paris. Um, it's gonna be really really good and it's the marvels is like you know it's Captain America or, or, or which is a woman and you know you have these a black superhero which Tiana Paris plays. so um, the, basically they're saying that they trade places with each other every time they use their powers and must team up to fix their problems. so that's hmm. that should be coming that should be a good one. Um, lastly we have haunted Mansion which is a comedy family horror movie. Um, Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. And Tiffany Haddish, Rosario Dawson is in this. as a single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide um, to help exercise their newly brought mansion. So that's like Amityville, Amityville horror. horror. Yeah. Remember that one? You yeah. know, and just a few more. Uh, talk to me. Oh yeah. I remember this one. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand they oh, become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far so that's like a mystery i was like i was trying to find out if there oh and there's one more from f gary gray it's called lift and it's an action movie um starring kevin hart a master thief who is wooed by his ex girlfriend and the FBI to pull off an impossible heist with his international crew on a <laughs> 777 flying from London to Zurich. Oh,
1: okay. You know, Go ahead, you know, action like, star
3: Kevin Hart.
2: Kevin doing it all, and of course we got the the, the ever famous Denzel Washington in the Equalizer three. Oh, we nice. cannot, that's coming out in September. But these are your summer movies, you know, featuring black folks. Support Go and em. support them. You know, support them. You no, know, they always say they ain't putting us in nothing. You know, they're they're putting us in stuff. So.
3: You watch Fix My Life, then you know Crystal Jordan, she was getting her life fixed. And now she has a new book called I don't like this title, Crystal. Dear Alpha Female, <laughs> it's not him, it's you.
0: <laughs> Welcome
3: to the show, former reformed Thank alpha you. female.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know what? I'm not I'm not reformed. And I think okay. the first thing the title the title definitely throws some women off but there's nothing negative about being a strong, assertive, you know, woman at all. I think that what I've learned is that we have to take those strong qualities and also understand that they may not work the same in every situation, but I definitely wanna make sure we start this off by, you know, clearing up. This is not saying that being a strong woman, being, you know, a leader as a female is anything bad. There's nothing negative about it. It's just the way that we often approach dating and relationships that makes things, you know, not necessarily go in our favor, but there's nothing wrong with the characteristics.
3: I mean, we can't help being what we are. I mean, Black women are leaders. We take care of stuff. That's our job. You know, whether it was, you know, a hundred years ago, taking care of other people's stuff or whether it's now <laughs> taking care of our stuff. We're going to take care of stuff whether the men show up or not. So what do you mean it's not him it's us.
1: I know what <laughs> well, you mean okay. Crystal.
3: I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what apparently is wrong Don't with
2: explain you. it Crystal to her real quick. <laughs> go, go ahead and explain. <laughs>
0: Well, first of all, my, I I asked women in this book, like what created your alpha? Like you just uh, referenced, we, we, we are this way because of situations and circumstances. So for me, I grew up in a single parent family. My mother, you know, like many mothers said to me, you got to make sure that you're okay. Don't ever rely on anybody else. And I saw her struggle with myself and my little brother. So automatically I felt very untrusting of other people, especially men, because I'd never seen a man stand up and actually, you know, provide. My grandmother was the same way. She was like, men are an option. (laughs) They're not a necessity. And there's nothing, that's not a negative thing. But what happened is it created a fear of being taken advantage of. And when a lot of us get afraid, we decide to change our lives so that we're able to control them. And what we can control is work what we can control is is what we have the ability to, to, to input and with relationships it's not like that. So when you're working and you're applying what you've learned, you're you're driven by fear often to not be like what you've been told is bad. Don't don't let a man take advantage of you. Don't let someone, you know, get you off your game. And so we're operating like that. But that in turn is building walls. And it's building walls and it often keeps it does keep us sometimes from getting taken advantage of, of, but it also keeps us from being able to receive love as well
1: yeah been there now, done you that you say
2: okay in your book <laughs> you say that being a successful woman doesn't make you a good catch that's right right but how being successful makes a guy a good catch but not a good woman is it just psychology of our yeah. society
0: i think so and i think you know i think women and men just naturally have different needs you know i think that you can take a woman that is, and there's, you know, that works um, at Walmart and is a cashier, and a, a man will be able to see beauty in her, will be able to see, you know, potential. Women aren't always necessarily like that. So I think when a woman shows up, specifically when a woman shows up and she's listing all her accomplishments, all her degrees, how much money she makes, how much, you know, how much property she has, that's not necessarily an attractive thing to men. And I hear a lot of women, especially now, talking about, oh, you know, I have this, this. I saw a woman posted on Instagram a few days ago. I make millions of dollars a year. It's amazing how I still got divorced. And it's like that doesn't wow. necessarily make you a good partner. It just it makes you successful. Mm. And that we definitely have to celebrate that. But that doesn't often, you know, relay over into relationships. And so I think we just have to be aware of that.
2: This Cafe Mocha talking to Crystal Jordan, author. Her new book is called Dear Alpha Female. It's not him, it's you. So this is my question because I love this kind of stuff. Do you think, Crystal, that a woman who makes a lot of money can get with a guy that doesn't?
0: I think that she can, but I think that it has to be a woman that does not lead and does not feel like her value is connected to her money. When you show up and you're leading with your money and accomplishments, it's definitely going to make a man feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if you are successful and you understand that value has more to do with just money you know, and, and workplace accomplishments, and you're really a more balanced woman, then I think you can be with anyone that you fall in love with. Right? Okay,
3: so I'm going to say this. Any level headed woman's hopefully not gonna be walking in talking about how much money she's making. That's unattractive in anybody. They do it but that's, oh, no, so, be nasty. Surprised. That's right. so nasty. Be That's so nasty. That's nasty. That's not, I mean, what, I, I don't know. I would be very turned off by a guy who did That's that. Cause you ain't but,
2: got no money like that. Angelique. But
3: <laughs> I got other things. Okay. She but, looked but, good and she cooked good. But but here's a, here's the thing that I really want to find out because Men are the ones in my mind who are really insecure about the money thing. You could not bring up money at all. And they still just be intimidated by your level of success. Even if you don't say
0: how much you make. And I know that for a fact. No, so that's true. But I also think those are just, that's just the wrong man, right? That's just the wrong man. Well, there's a but whole bunch me. of them.
3: I mean, men no. men <laughs> are valued by how oh much God. stuff I'm they sorry, have, by how still. much
1: money they have. <laughs> Wait, wait, we have. She just told going, this man, "Angelique's I got gonna be single." <laughs> in
2: the bank. I got five. And He like, whoo, That's too much for me. See, <laughs> like, it's hot, Lonnie stop, hot. Cause, Lonnie. stop playing,
3: Lonnie. Stop playing, because I remember back in the day when you would go through it with these dudes who <laughs> were you licking their chops, thinking you funny, they
2: getting all insecure because they think money and they don't. But that's why. Crystal has her book, okay? okay? <laughs> Dear alpha female, it's not him, it's you. That's why we listen to her. We like,
1: Please let her speak All before right. you over here and your feel no feelings. We are trying to get you a man. Okay, <laughs> okay? it's me. I know it's uh, me. Uh, Shoot, <laughs> but that
0: that that, okay. that is key, but. I, that is key but a lot of times I think we focus on there's there's also a part in the book where I talk about women when we we put up too many we, we have this wall and we have all these characteristics of man that we want and where you ever met a woman that has all this long, this long long list and she won't be with someone that doesn't have this 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 or this mm-hmm. and then you actually see what's happening in her life and she's dealing with somebody that has very little or any of that you know she's dealing with somebody that's totally trifling because there's an idea that if we put up, if we make people jump over, nobody wants to jump over high walls beside the dog. So a lot of times women that do have standards, and there's nothing wrong with having high standards, but standards that are unrealistic are only going to keep good men out and attract men that want to use us. And so the book basically is telling us that we need to be, first of all, speak positivity, the way you look at your job and the way we look at our career most of us, if, we, if we're turned down for a promotion, if we're turned down for an opportunity, we don't take that personal. We don't go talking about how the industry is horrible and I'm not going gonna, gonna to give up. But when it comes to dating, we, have, we let our mouths speak all this negativity when it comes to men. And that is only going to attract the wrong man. So we have to start by speaking positive, acknowledging that we do want love and that we do deserve love. And then if someone shows up that is not You know what we have what we understand that we deserve then we don't entertain that and you keep moving and it allows you to be in a positive space anytime we're sitting around with our girlfriends talking about how you know how much pee there is in the dating pool and how men, then we're going to continue to attract that so i think we have to change our mindset and then realize that if we want a quality man we have to show up in our femininity and yes it's great that we are you know career women and ambitious and driven but we don't necessarily need to lead with that on dates.
1: You know what I like when you say, make a conscious decision to prioritize dating. I think, you know, mm-hmm. when we are busy, when we're trying to, um, if you have kids or, you know, you have a, a steady job, it's hard to say, I'm going to make time for myself to date. I, I right. like that. Talk about right. prioritizing dating.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you all this. I mean, this book came from my me constantly getting it wrong and then having a having an opportunity to go sit with Yala and then going back to therapy. And I realized I, I was a celebrity publicist, so I was showing up on dates, not really present, stressed out over clients with two cell phones on the table. If someone would call me, I would excuse myself. And I never realized how unattractive that could be for a man. My mind was always on work. Work was my priority. Dating was definitely not a priority because I felt like, well, at the end of the day, this is how I earn my living. This is how I take care of my children. And this can come or go. And as a result, most of the guys I dated definitely came and went, (laughs) you know, but I didn't realize that it was because I wasn't prioritizing it and they would show up and see that that wasn't important to me and I wouldn't be important to them. And so after going through, you know, some therapy and just realizing that I needed to really be present, number one, not just for a, a date, because I don't believe that a man is the prize and he completes us at all. But I do believe that it's important to have balance. And a lot of us that are career women, we don't have a balance. We're going mm-hmm. to sleep with our laptops. We're going out on our, our phones are constantly attached to us. And it's hard for someone to want to connect with you and to be able to make a real connection when you're obsessed and your mind is not present, it's on work and all the responsibilities and what you're trying to achieve. Right. So I think it's really about getting to a better place where we're more balanced as women, because before I got into my relationship, I had to stop and find what does crystal like crystal has to disconnect for herself. And then that in turn is going to make her more attractive, feel more soft and be able to be open for the right man.
3: It's Cafe Mocha on the line, Crystal Jordan. Her book is called Dear Alpha Female, Angelique Perrin. It's not him, (laughs) it's you. Um, So you found (laughs) your man, but I want to talk about the Yanla experience first. How did that fix your life and change things for you?
0: It was a huge change. I'll be honest with you ladies. I went to the the show with a, a friend of mine and I we thought we were going to the show to talk about why the dating pool was skewered in Atlanta. I mean, we were <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard the, the, the rumors and the stereotypes. There's mm-hmm. 28 to 40 men, per, per, you know, women per man. And i would even been told that on dates. And so I had decided Damn. I was done with dating. You didn't go was, out with I him again, done. did you? Of course not. No, I left him there and told him to go find the rest of them. He told me, "You're no, you're one out of 18." I said, "Well, avail yourself to the other 17. I'm good." But so so I I was thinking that it's them. It's definitely them. And so I went to the show thinking that, and when I tell you all, Miss Yala gathered me. <laughs> she, she gathered me immediately. And basically, she was able to show me that a lot of my need to control situations and to not Someone would mess up one time and I was out of the door. But the reality is I'm going to mess up more than once and I need someone to give me grace. Right. And Mm -hmm. so if I truly want love, I have to be open and willing to do this, to give what I want to receive. So I literally it was it was an opportunity for me to see that a lot of what I had experienced as a child growing up with a single mother, not really feeling safe, not having a relationship with my father. I had learned that I needed to achieve in order to earn love so i was like the straight a right. student constantly the overachiever because i wanted to make my mother proud that was how i wanted to to i wanted her to love me and i wanted her to see that i was making her life easier so it was i mean some of that was great because i you know went to college and achieved a lot of things but i had learned an unhealthy pattern of trying to earn love so when i would meet a guy mm-hmm. i thought that me showing up you know, as a single mom that was taking care of her kids, had her own place, doing, you know, achieving things in my career was a plus. And I never really was just, first of all, I wasn't loving myself unconditionally. That's the biggest issue. And so, of course, it was hard for me to meet someone else that would see me that way if I didn't see myself that way. So, again, it all comes back to ourselves and how we're treating ourselves. And a lot of us Black women we feel like we have to achieve, you know, that's, that's what we do. Our mothers teach us, they're hard on us and we become great achievers. But a lot of us don't realize that since even if you don't get that promotion, you're still just as worthy. Even if you don't lose those 10 pounds, it don't matter. You're beautiful as you are. We don't accept ourselves that way. So we make it impossible for someone else to.
2: This is the reason why you have to get her book, Crystal Jordan. <laughs> Dear Alpha Female, it's not him, it's you. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Crystal, yes, and arguing with Angelique. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> I done Crystal. We need to talk oh, about I need to talk good. about these. we
3: insecure men. We, we, don't we, we, we don't turn down, down another we conversation. Goes. We're we going turn down
2: goes.
1: her alpha. <laughs> <laughs> you, father well so much. Thanks, Crystal. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know they got fragile egos. (laughs) Sanctus
3: Mesa is next on Cafe Mocha.
1: We're at Cafe Mocha Radio.
3: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo on the line. Thank Welcome to no. Cafe no. Mocha.
4: Thank you, honey. I just, I got
2: an the war for Cafe Mocha years ago, but um, I, I don't That's think I've right. that. I can't remember that. <laughs> you sure did. And you're best friends with our friend of the show, April Ryan. Um, All right. You guys <laughs> went to uh, Morgan State together. So welcome. Welcome mm-hmm. back to the show. You, you have honey. a new album called Music for Your Soul. Tell us mm-hmm. about this new album. What can we expect? Wow. This album is a labor of love in
4: my life. I finally... Uh, decided to run my own record company and put all my music on my own label. This is my 14th solo album. And uh, it's a 19-song long-playing record, like the old days.
1: Mm, Double 19 (laughs) Double album.
4: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but a lot of my uh, colleagues were saying not to put out... uh, They told me not to do that, just put out EPs, but I'm not into EPs. I want something that's long-lasting. You can clean your house, you can drive long distances, you can... Just zone out for a long time you know it's, just, it's only an hour and a half but it's such it's full of great really great songs and uh, it, it's my love letter to everybody
3: oh wow G out here an hour and a half you you don't get to the freeway out here <laughs> right. <get> in traffic <laughs> where you from where you from mesa i'm from baltimore okay right that's where you know april from right you guys are right, home. Right. From? absolutely
2: I want to know, because explain to the listeners the importance of having your own record label versus being signed to another, like to a Atlantic Records or something like that.
4: Well, uh, owning the record label means that all the money goes to my account, period. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it really means. That it's, it's basically <laughs> that to have the ownership of all of my music. That means that, if, so for instance, if my music goes to, a, if somebody gets it, wants it to, to the sink it for a movie, um, you know, I get I get the rights to, I, get, I have the right to, you know, to put in the movie or not, or how much I can charge, all these different things. So it's like, instead of getting something trickled down to me, like a little bit of a royalty from, you know, them owning my music, I get, I own it all. And so I get all the royalties and all the perks of of ownership.
2: So you have to, but you cover the cost of like the initials, the studio oh, right. recording. Oh, Okay. Oh yeah, I, got, I cover I
4: everything. So I had to pay everything, so that so the investment in myself, which I was doing anyway, I was doing a lot of investing in myself, but I didn't think that the needle was moving in my career too much, and and I and I just wanted to, I figured if they weren't gonna, you know, do anything like any publicity or marketing or anything, I might as well own the music. Why would I just let them do that and not own it too? So I thought I'd do the best I can on my own and uh, get it as far as, as far as I can, but. You know we'll see i'm I'm excited about it. I think that I've worked up in the last thirty two years of being in the industry that I've developed a, a pretty good reputation and I think um, the people who have been listening to my music will support this record
1: This is your first album solo with your own label with my own
4: label yeah i've done I've done thirteen albums with uh, as an independent artist with other labels uh, but this is my first one um uh, on my own label, my first full album I should say.
1: Did you find it difficult to reach out and get the support that you needed from the relationships with building your first label? Um, was there's that smooth- some that
4: have been a little difficult. It's that, you know, a lot of people, um, I don't know. I, I think they already want you to be uh, at a certain level before they want to help you. You know what I'm saying? It's, I've, I've noticed that in people. I've noticed that people have already, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's all, it's a lot has to do with money, to be honest with you, whatever I can put up, I mean, you need to put up or shut up in this business, really. So, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. But even with relationships of people I've had, it seems to be a little bit difficult to get things going in that area too. But I've just, I want to keep going. And my mother told me, when I was a little girl, she said, Mesa, keep going till you go, till you get where you want to go. And that's, and I've been living that my whole life. So
2: I'm going to keep pushing. You know, you started out um, uh, Stevie Wonder. Uh, you were singing yeah. back up with him. Tell us about yeah. that. How, how did
4: that have come to be? <laughs> well, I was at Morgan State University my last year. And Stevie would come every year to do a Martin Luther King celebration with the Morgan State University Choir. And one of my best friends, Kim Brewer, was already singing with him. She had gone to California a year prior. And she was already singing in Wonder Love. And she asked him, um, when I graduate, could I please come out you know, come out to California with him and, and sing you know, in Wonder Love? And, um, so they auditioned me like right after that concert we had and I passed the audition, but I asked Steve, I said, Steve, I got just one year left. I want to hand my parents my degree and then I'll come out there and and start living what I want to do. (laughs) And so that's what I did. And a year later, as soon as I graduated, I literally called the day I graduated and said, look, I'm ready. And, um, and, and so that's why, um, that's why he, he, uh, they told me to come on out there and I, uh sing background on my first professional gig was singing background on these three words on the jungle Fever project. Okay.
1: Oh. Yeah. I love and I sang song. several other
4: songs on that album. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's so ironic that, um, this first single that I released from my new album, uh, I released it last year on Valentine's day, a double single called i uh, make sure you're sure, which is from that soundtrack. Uh, I remade that. And then I did an R and B song called just Stay." So, and it did what? doing very well. All my singles are.
2: Well, did you learn anything in that process uh, with Stevie recording with him? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I was a nervous
4: record. You know, you come out to California and, you know, you don't know uh, anyone except I had only one person out there. And, and so, and being in love, you know, they're, they're seasoned veterans, you know, and they who's this newbie kind of coming in. So, I had to learn how to deal with that and deal with um, But it was such a great time cause we did all this. We toured with Spike Lee to do all the TV shows. Uh, to promote the music and the, and the movie. So I had the best time with that. And it was, that was short-lived. It was only uh, about six, seven months. And then Stevie went on a big Brazilian tour where he took all the older, older singers. And so I had to get a job. I had to get several jobs to survive on L.A. And that's how I um, met a producer uh, named Stephen Harvey, who's a drummer from Scotland. And he happened to be best friends with Bluey, the lead uh, producer and writer for Incognito. And so uh, he, told, he called me one day and said, Mason, I, I got a gig for you. It's in England, though. Would you like to try it out for it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I just didn't want to go back home. I, I felt like I would know, have failed if I had gone back home. So uh, Louie called me one day. I, was, I got off work early, and uh, Louie called me one day, and he said, um, we talked about music and everything, and, and I sang a little bit to him on the, on the phone. And the next day, his manager said, we don't, I don't know what you sang to Louie, but you got the gig. We're going to fly you to, to England. So two weeks later, they flew me to uh, London, and I, uh, I, I stayed up there for four and a half years, and I recorded uh, uh, Tribes, Vibes, and Scribes, and uh, the album Positivity that has Deep Waters on it. Mm-hmm. And that really started my whole career. And, uh, and then the, the way I got my solo deal is that I I was with Incognito at the North Beach Jazz Festival. The show was over, and this man walked to me up to me, and he said, Mason, would you like to start your solo career? His name is Carl Griffin from GRP Records, so... That's how I got my first solo record deal.
3: The Espresso is brought to you by Bounty, the quicker picker-upper.
1: Here's your dose of Espresso. Strong, hot news now.
3: This is The Espresso. You know how at the end of every year, President Obama releases his list of favorite books, shows, and music? Well, some people don't think it's a legit list.
2: People seem to think, well, he must have had some 20-year-old intern who, who was figuring out uh-huh. You know, uh, this latest cut? No, man, it's on my iPad right now.
3: <laughs> Sam Jackson's Marvel character Nick Fury got his own spin-off.
4: I've always wanted to be a human Nick Fury. I always thought I was. I mean, I realize that there is a perception of Nick as, you know, being uh, sort of a cold fish in ways, but it's kind of uh, great to find him.
3: Secret Evasion is on Disney Plus, and Tiffany Haddish is back in season two of the Apple TV series, The After Party. She plays the very unconventional Detective Danner.
1: She's not restricted by the law. You know, when you're a detective, you're restricted by guidelines. and Yeah, not restricted. You already know, girl.
3: That's the espresso.
1: It's Cafe
2: Mocha on the line. We're talking to the wonderful singer Mesa. Her new album, Music for Your Soul. The latest single is I Don't Mind. What you don't mind, Mesa? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this song
4: is so cool. It's, it's about, it's, it's kind of a fantasy song for me right now. It's about meeting the love of your life. Finally, after have been waiting a long time. And uh, even though he's a bit unconventional, you still, it's, it's, the love is unconditional. And that's what the song is about. Hmm.
1: Now, do you write your own songs? <laughs> I do.
4: I did, I did. I wrote a little bit of this one, but mostly Bluey from Incognito wrote it. My music director wrote this one. But I've written a lot of my songs over my career. Uh, I mean, a lot. My discography is ex- extensive over uh, the last 32 years. Um, and uh, a lot of people tease me and saying, well, who would you do a versus with? And I'm like, I, my, my catalog is so crazy, you know, and I might not be a, 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 out there like a lot of uh, other artists, but still got the catalog, the
1: catalog. 32 years. How have you kept yourself out? here in this industry just just
4: by working hard i haven't had to do anything else i keep trying to tell these young kids you don't have to do anything you don't have to compromise your morals not one day you don't have to do anything but work hard be professional um, be yourself hone your craft get some good uh uh, somebody to back you up a good attorney and 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 enroll and and do social media because social media is just like you know it's just a big thing right now so you know do as much social media as you can and and you know that's the way i I mean, that's where I've survived all this time. Uh, it's just by working hard.
3: Yeah, but they want to be overnight celebrities. They want to...
4: Right, they wanna... <laughs> and They're trying the to work like hard
3: a... and learn right. their craft. Get out of here. What's wrong with you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> right, I understand that. But that's the way you get the longevity. I prayed for longevity when I was a 12-year-old kid on my parents' face the floor with headphones, listening to albums. Like, God, how am I going I want to get to the place where my... Name is in life. It's so it's ironic that last night I was at Soundboard and at Motor City Casino last night in Detroit, and mm-hmm. um, I see that we Lonnie, we we our pictures are right next to each other on the on the big board there, up Oh wow, that's
1: next great. Day. Yeah,
4: that's so funny. And then then I walk downstairs to get ready to leave to go um, back to my room, and they have a huge billboard with my face on it, and I literally cried. It's like like, wow, this is like it still blows my mind that people are coming out to pay and paying money for me to sing and to hear me singing and and buying my records and buying my t-shirts and, and just, you know, coming on my Mesa's kitchen karaoke on Sunday nights. And they, you know, and, and, you know, it's just an amazing thing.
2: Well, you know, you are, um, are so deserving of it, Mesa. Before we let you go, you have to tell us the story about the birth of your son, Jazz, who is an adult now, but I just want people to know what you go through
4: as a as a <laughs> artist <laughs> right so that drama i mean i've had many dramas on the road but the the main one was when i was on tour with incognito um we had a, a world tour i went over four rehearsals and my son's father the man that deep waters is about uh acted like i was the last woman on the face of the earth like he was, at least he was so in love with me so we, i kind of rekindled our relationship and um and i became pregnant and so I, the whole tour i was literally the whole tour every every city we went to i had to rush they rushed me to the hospital if something was going on with with jazz and um we finally they they cleared me to do one more tour and that was in japan we had fukuoka osaka and tokyo and everything was fine the first week but then we got to osaka and the third day in um my water started breaking like in the small increments it wasn't like the on the big dramatic thing like they do on tv but all in real life but it was just a little bit at a time. So I kept taking Tylenol and taking hot baths every night, thinking the pain would go away. I didn't realize I was in labor. Because I just wasn't home, you know. I wasn't home, and so I I was like, I can't be having my baby in Japan. It's not going to happen. So I just kept trying to deal with it. I knew that if I got to Tokyo, where they speak more English, I thought I could be able to better communicate. And um, so I was trying to get to Tokyo. But the morning we were leaving, uh, Bluey looked in my face. He said, I'm going to call an ambulance. You don't look so good. And so they did. And my son was born that night, two pounds, uh, and at uh, 25 weeks. And so it was, it was, uh, it was an experience that was beautiful and
1: horrible all at the same time, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting, hey, but g- Good and bad at the same time. I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: oh yeah. It was crazy. And, um, so we, you know, we, we got through that. My son is, uh, they, you know, they tried to tell me that things are going to be wrong with my son and, he wasn't going to speak or, or eat on his own or walk or, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, no, he's fine. And I called his, his godfather. And I said, I said, they're telling me all these things. He said, tell those people that Jazz is fine. And I kept, so when I went to these meetings with them, I kept saying, Jazz is fine. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. My son is fine. And so they were looking at me like, okay, she's having a nervous breakdown. Let's just let her go home. So it was interesting. I had to go back to Baltimore and leave him there until he gained enough weight to get on the airplane. Mm. But i couldn't afford to stay in, in in japan so it was that was the, probably the most devastating part of it i, I had to leave my baby in, in a foreign country and so and i was so far away you know and it, it was devastating to me and i you know I, I had to keep faith going and i had to and i didn't want to question god but i was just wondering like why would you do this like why did, why did this happen but and the, and the outcome of it all and my son is healthy and strong and a college graduate and a photographer and a videographer and one of the most
2: beautiful human beings on the face of this earth. So I'm very grateful. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Who, who watched him? Like the, the, the hospital would just communicate? Yeah, with oh him? Yes. yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 I did. I called out my, my my phone bill back in the, in 1999 was that phone bill for the two and a half months. He was there was over for four or $5,000. I, ca- I called literally every day. I talked to the doctors every day and I was just, you know, I kept like saying, "Can you put the phone to the him? They, they said, "We don't have a phone to go to the bathroom." No, no, and that, Nick. You, but I just wanted to hear his breathing. I want like I was just so difficult to be away from him. It was it was crazy.
2: But, yeah, because back um, then we, we didn't have back cell back. phones, right? It not, right, it, it, right. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have cell <laughs> yeah, phones. New technology. Easy. Wow, <laughs> uh-huh. we didn't even have FaceTime. We didn't have none of no, that no back FaceTime then at all. You know, wow. That was
4: you know when I had to work, that was one of the most beautiful things. My mom. My, my my mom, she really was an angel walking the earth. She really, she took care of my son, helped raise my son. And when I was on the road, when FaceTime was developed, we, that was a way for me to communicate and help even raise my son from the road. You know, I had to, you know, I was able to talk to him, you know, and uh, you know, reprimand him when I needed to. was all that. We, we had that, you know. And so, and that's how we spend time together too.
2: It's wow. amazing. The album is called Music for Your Soul. How can we keep yeah. in touch with you, Mesa, on your socials?
4: Um, Mesa. and then all my socials are linked below. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit, all my socials—the page to my Facebook page, every, all my official stuff—all my official stuff is on that on that page. So Mesa.com will have all my information about the album and pre-sales and all that kind of stuff soon coming up soon. Thank oh, you thank for stopping you. by. No, thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate
3: this so much. That's the show. If you miss any part of it or you want to catch the whole conversation uninterrupted, just subscribe to the podcast by going to wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive Producer, Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit
1: CaféMochaRadio.com.